live am i live i hope i am people deluded i'm back again thank you very much for tuning back in each and every time you know good morning it's monday morning over here in the uk good morning good afternoon good evening and in some cases even good night i hope everyone's doing well and safe i hope everyone had a great week last week had an even better weekend and has an even better than that week and then obviously it's monday let's start strong so we can obviously finish strong as well people it's another chance to move that much closer to our goals hopes dreams aspirations and then things and overcome hardship like for me you know the biggest bit of adversity right now on this monday is this part of the green screen because i'm waiting on a new one to come so that obviously it can wrap wrap me around a bit bigger or you can see me consistently chop and change and actually make it a tiny bit better there but nonetheless still not good but if i'm complaining about that you know what else is there to moan about in reality i hope you're all doing well and safe i hope you're all in good spirits obviously throughout the course of this live stream i you know i will be online on youtube after this at some point i can't lie people i was woke up this morning i didn't know what to speak about with arsenal i've seen some emerging news with sterling jonathan david our all of these things so i'll make my times my thumbnail better yet after this and get into it and i need to do a tactical review of the, of, of of arsenal um, newcastle so it's a fantastic start to the week in fact i'm being shameless people but just to help me timestamps this is for next the next stream jonathan david our sterling uh, who else did i just say our sterling Jonathan David, Sanchi's rumours, that's that. Beyond that, there actually isn't that much to speak about from a national perspective. Um, drop a Bamian for Laka could be one, but again, I'm forcing it. So yeah, I'll be live at 11.30 at some point. I am pro I am playing football manager today as well, people, 4pm. It could be subject to change just because I've been waiting on an appointment from my GP and there might be a GP's appointment. So if there is that that window of opportunity, I'll have to delay. But I'm always a man of my word. You will We will be sat on Twitch playing football manager. And big up the Twitch gang. Make sure you're following and subscribing. As I said, we're going to talk about the Premier League. We're going to review the Premier League. You know, any talking points or thingies feel no sort of way about getting them in, people. I hope everyone's doing well and safe. As I usually always say. So, yeah, man, big up yourself. Omar, appreciate you. Man, are saying it's good afternoon. Mad thing in the day DG gets sacked. So, you're probably there for the FM. I hope everyone's all safe, man. All rise for the anthem. <laughs> you look kill me. But where should we start? I actually don't know where to start, people. So I'm going to start with what I want to speak about first. And it's something that, obviously, I'm late. I'm late to the party with it. And I'm sure a lot of you are, but I'm sure you've seen Italian football. There's a, a new twist in Italian football corruption or corruption concerns. And, you know, it could affect Tottenham with Fabrizio Parici, Paritisi. I can't say his name, but um, courtesy of The Athletic, like I said, this was about two days ago. In fact, it was the news broke even before that and details started emerging. But apparently Italian police visit Juventus's club offices in Turin and Milan for transfer documents and invoices. And, you know, it's funny because... When that Pjanic and Arthur deal, all of the footballing world, us common, you know, nobody's people, you know, we were sat here and we said, there's something dodgy going on at Juventus, you know, that's it, there's some dodgy accounting or something. And lo and behold, look what's obviously transpired and developed people. Italian police, which, you know, 
Italian, you know, police everywhere are corrupt, but Italian police, you know, everybody's corrupt in this thing. But Italian police visited Juventus's club offices um, to take documents regarding transfers, invoices and agent fees. An investigation by Italian football watchdog Coviso, that's C-O-V-I-S-S-O-C, and financial regulator Consob is taking place. The investigation is covering profit from transfers and fees for agents between 2019 and 2017. A statement by the police office said, since this afternoon, on the orders of this Republic Prosecutor's Office, soldiers of the Guardia di Finanza have been carrying out local searches at Turin and Milan offices of Juventus. The financiers of the Turin Economic Financial Police Department delegated to the investigations were instructed to find documents and other useful elements relating to the company's financial statements approved in the years from 2019 to 2021, with reference to both the purchase and sale of rights to, perform to sports performance of players and regular information of financial statements. At present, the, the activities are aimed at uh, ascertaining the, the, the crime of false communications from listed companies and issuing invoices of non-existent transactions towards top management and managers of, of business, financial and sports management areas. Under consideration, there are various transfer operations of professional players and services rendered by some agents involved in relative actions. So again, we're going to see what's going on there, people. Also, I'm all sure you've seen in the Portuguese league as well. Just it, obviously, I'm sure you all saw Neymar's injury. That looked like a mad injury. Messi obviously doing his thing. Sergio Ramos made his debut. Benzema just can't score, can't stop scoring, and Vinicius just can't stop playing well. Vlahovic doing a madness. Juventus got bopped by by Gasparini's Atalanta, and you know Atalanta defended quite well and attacked them. And you know even just Champions League football is looking a bit tough for Juventus right now. You know. They 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 do it. Uh, madness is happening. But um, the biggest talking point I would say from European football has to be Benel Villeneres versus Benfica was abandoned in the second half after the hosts were unable to field a team due to the COVID nineteen outbreak. As you lot know, prior to kickoff, um, Benfica's opponents could only field a team of nine players, which included two goalkeepers. After reports in Portugal stated fourteen players had tested positive for COVID nineteen. Why this game wasn't postponed, I don't know. But after 45 minutes, Benfica were obviously winning 7-0 people, which is a mazza. Um, and then obviously the game was abandoned after there was obviously an injury and they went below the threshold required to play. Pardon me, which again, in a, in, in a country like Portugal, with you know, it's, it's, it's not the greatest of European leagues, but it's, it's relatively, you know, modernised. I think that's a bit of a mazza really to even be there. And if the shoe was on the other foot, I, I'd very much doubt Benfica would be playing with nine guys and whatnot. But it is what it is in that regards, man. But yeah, getting into the Premier League, people are talking about the Premier League. You know, United got a good point against Chelsea. I know Carrick has said they're disappointed with it and they should be disappointed on the basis of however way they did it. They were a goal up in the game and they failed to see it through to the end. For anyone, there's things you could obviously do better. But on the scheme of things, you know, United can't, can't, can't complain, in my opinion. A point's a very good point. You know, new managers coming in, you know, it's a good platform to build upon going into Thursday's game and, and beyond that, in fact, people. So it'll be interesting to see and um you know let's talk about the Premier League first things first I'm happy to see Jaden Sancho scored obviously I enjoy the banter but you know Sancho's a player I like a lot I don't like how football is in general especially someone who's 20 21 years of age so many conclusions are being made of a man that's playing for you know it's been six months and obviously 
there's a lot he can do better. There's a lot he needs to adapt. You know, you in, in, in life, in your situation, you've always got to take responsibility. But I mean, there's the Oli tax. There's the fact that the team is playing poorly. I think you're going to see a new Sancho because Ralph Ranick's clearly going to play a pressing game. You saw a glimpse into that with Carrick yesterday. And obviously, Sancho isn't German, but there's an element there. And I think he'll, he'll know better than most players there what Sancho can do. So I think you'll see a better one. He obviously got his first Champions League goal last week. You know, it's been a good week. And I said it when I was doing the watch along. Goals coming too, innit? You're going to see... You're going to see Sancho bagging. Obviously, he, he was gifted it by Jorginho, but it doesn't matter how you score. And um, it, it was written in the stars on, on on that basis. And the fact of, you know, he's a South London lad, not too far from where Chelsea are as well, people. And then obviously, you know, you've got um, him scoring against his boyhood club. It was written in the stars. United, obviously, you know, a point it's more a point game for United that um you know than a point game for Chelsea you know they've dropped two points silliness you know they were all over Chelsea but I mean they were all over Man United didn't take their chances didn't create and when you don't there's obviously lapses in concentration and you know I, I liked it from Sancho because it's just what you it's what you get from pressing you know Rashford there as well obviously he had a decision to make um, I'm sure if you're Callum Hudson-Odoi, who could have squared it early on in the game and could have put them early on 1-0 up. Uh, Fred, I don't know what, what was going through his mind. You know, I mean, there were some calamitous moments in the Premier League. You know, Aubameyang's miss. Fred, I don't know what he tried to do with that chip. Neil Mupe's miss. Callum Hudson-Odoi less so, but that decision-making, I think these are all pivotal moments across all them games. So, yeah, it's just Sancho played all right. I've said it before, anytime Fred and McTominay are playing week in, week out together for Manchester United, it's a mockery. It's, 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 it's quite terrible, really, and truly. For Chelsea, they didn't, you know, you can have all the possession, you can keep United camped in their own half as much as you want. You need to score goals, and they didn't do that, in it. They put uh, high, high, um, high amounts of pressure and all these things but that you know as an Arsenal fan more less so much now but that used to be how Arsenal played not in big games but creating bare chances you know keeping the other team pending their own half high amounts of possession but anytime you don't kill the opposition you open yourself up for things like that from the counter-attack and to be fair with you Jorginho's made the mistake and and big up United for pressing because that was how they were going to get into the game why is Jorginho the last man? Respect, you know, because Jorginho was quite poor on the ball, I felt, yesterday. He's not the best defensively. And I know he's not a threat from an aerial situation, you know. Most of his goals come from penalties. Why is he left 1v1? You know, he, it's a high line. He's by himself on the halfway line. The very fact that it's him by himself, there's a problem. As I said, people need to know their teammates. Um, Bro, do you think Tuchel made a mistake starting Werner? Not necessarily. I can see why. Who would you have went with? Maybe if Lukaku... There was a couple of efforts that were whistling across Man United's goal and I felt Lukaku probably gets on the end of some, so maybe on that. But I don't think it was necessarily a personnel thing, really. You know, I think Chelsea just didn't take their chances. They Early on, De Gea made one, two big saves and he made some saves throughout, but they didn't really do anything. United knew what they are going into. We're going to have less of the ball. We're going to have to defend first, you know. We're going to have to, large periods of the game, we're going to be without the ball. We're going to be in our own half. These are things you'd expect. Chelsea are better than them. They have to give them that, that credit. They're top of the league. But end of the day, they played top of the league and only conceded one goal. And that's a bit of confidence, really, you know. And again, they probably expected to, to, to concede in that game. Or if United didn't, it would have been naive. And again, you know, people can leave with face. I think it was a bit of a harsh penalty to give against wan I'm not going to lie. And it's a bit of an upsetting one for him because he can't catch a break, really. Um, 
But that's Chelsea had to get that to get back into the game. So for United, they, you know, United it can give them some confidence in relation to their defense because their defense, you know, is really struggling to keep clean sheets or just defend well. And I think I think Bailly had a good game. I'm not too sure if Lindelof and Bailly can be the new look centre half pairing long term to get United season back on track. But if you're given an opportunity, all you can do is take it, people. It is what it is. You know, it is it is what it is. I do think, to go back to this, I do think maybe Lukaku could have come on sooner. He came on with 10 minutes to go. But obviously, there's a fitness element behind it. If you're fit enough to be on the bench, you're fit enough to participate. And, if, you know, some big decisions from Carrick in that. You know, Ronaldo on the bench. I'm sure a lot of FPL teams were vexed. But it worked, really and truly. It worked. Um, so, yeah, man, you know, it's, it's two points dropped for Chelsea and a point game for United. But saying that, you could say it's a point game for Chelsea because they were in the driving seat. They never took the lead. You know, and they had to score from a penalty. They never, for Chelsea, who create a bag of chances and score. And to be honest with you, the scoring team with Chelsea is a bit subjective. They got the ability to score goals. Lukaku is fit. But again, and I know Jorginho has scored. Jorginho scores a lot of penalties, respectfully, and big mentality from him after messing up for the goal. But you look at their defenders, you know, you look at the goals from their defenders, it's really not sustainable, you know. Chelsea are going to need Havertz, Lukaku, all of these other guys to pull their fingers out and get back into form and start scoring goals or they're going to hit a blip where they're not able to score a lot of goals, if I'm completely honest with you. So, yeah, man. Fred seems like a player Ranjit will love to work with. Man was everywhere yesterday. Yeah, man, you know, Fred Fred will get game time. Fred's not a bad player. He's just, he, him and McTominay just should not be starting week in, week out together for Man United. That, that, well, not even Norwich should be going with that. It's got nothing about them, really, you know. Fred is a workhorse, you know. That's it. You know, both of them, it should be one of them starting. United should have personnel where it's one of them starting. The only time them man should play together is in game, is in week five and six of the Champions League where man are trying to arrest people. The Champions League's already confirmed and things like that. Bruno slapped a steward. He's moving mad. I never saw that, but that's probably all I saw from him in that game, if I'm real with you. Um, someone should have been left with Jorginho. And for United, that's what you get. You know, that's Sancho for me, it's not a glamorous goal. Clearly, he's gonna score more glamorous goals and whatnot. Apart from it being a big goal, his first goal in the in the Premier League is not too much to shout about. But it's a thinker's man goal. He's got that just because he's pressed. He's pressed, he's kind of smelt that something could happen there. Now, nine times out of ten, Jorginho probably plays his way out of trouble there. That was the one time it wasn't a thing in it. It was looking like a Sunday league touch, you know. And it is what it is what it is in that regards. He scored. And like I said, maybe if Fred squares the ball and doesn't see his name in lights and see himself, you know, chipping the keeper, United run away with three points. Maybe the United never score and the game is changed early on. If Callum hudson Adoy gets his head up and I can't even remember who it was, but slips whoever in rather than go for the shot. It was with Werner. And to be fair, you'd probably not want to pass, but if I remember rightly. But it is what it is it where that game is concerned, people. So that's United. You know, United, Chelsea, the, you know, really, you know, it was a boring game of football. Let's be real, in it? Like, you know, Chelsea, like I said, had them in their own half. It stunk up the place. Chelsea's football isn't really penetrative as penetrative, penetrative as, as I can't even say it, but it doesn't really penetrate as much as you think. United can't really play football like that, saying that somehow they'll play like a prime bar. So on Thursday, um, so yeah, man, tired, really. Wan-Bissaka, I think he's done dirty with that pen. Dark hearts from, from, from Thiago Silva to make a meal of it. But in today's day and age, it probably is a pen, isn't it? I think it's a really harsh pen, a really soft pen. I think it's a bit of a laugh, but he gets it. And for wan he can't catch a break. His form's been woeful. And it's another point where there's been a mistake or something or a, a goal being conceded. And ultimately, it's led to him. And on the balance of things, you'd probably say United could have kept a clean sheet in that game. 
So yeah, it is what it is. In terms of in terms of other Premier League results, as you lot know, just quickly browsing through all of them very quickly, people. Burnley versus Spurs due to the weather was postponed. Long gone are the days of an orange ball, extra gloves, and just getting on with it. But Brentford won a goal to nil against Everton. Everton are in trouble under Rafa Benitez at this moment in time. Watford started well, you know, uh, Dennis and King got good goals, but Leicester ran riot, and I think Jamie Vardy is now level with I think ninety three. Got I could no, I'm capping about ninety three. Is it 93? I'm sure it might be 93. He's level with um he's level with Ian Wright for goals scored for goals scored over the age of 30. And I think Jamie Vardy, well, it's not I think. I know Jamie Vardy's a Premier League legend, but you know, I don't think people deep it. Yeah, he's a he's 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 a winner. He's gone from playing non-league to playing Premier League football for winning top goal scorer, I'm sure, for winning the league and playing for your country, and that's all stuff of dreams. But Man was in this. Man jumped into this Premier League thing at like 26, 27, and you know he's level right now with Ian Wright, another late bloomer for goals. He's won the Premier League, and again the goals speak for themselves, people. You know, again, yeah, it is 93. 93 goals have come before his night, his 30th birthday, and he scored 127 Premier League goals. Um, his 127 goals puts him 14th in the division's history alongside Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, and he's gone ahead of Nicholas Anelka and Robbie Keane, people. Um, as I said, he made his debut. I'm lying at 27 years of age and 232 days, people. And it's mad. And he only got five goals in his first um, top flight. You've got to give him credit, people. Um, Opta said, of the 29 players that have scored over 100 Premier League goals, it's only Ian Wright who debuted at an older age of 28 day, 28 years, definitely not days, and 286 days people so it's mad and it's a fantastic achievement i know you're not really in the and you're not in the sport for if you want to if you're in the sport for individual rewards then you need to play tennis or boxing it's all about the collective but premier league legend a hallmark in it and a hero really and truly and imagine you know again i, I want to say imagine if he had the conventional route like he was 18 he, he made his premier league debut how many goals he would have then same goals with harry kane but at the same time would they traject? Would they be this if they if they got that? If they didn't go through those tough moments and go through the leagues, would they be the levels they these sort of players are? I don't know. If Jay, if if Salah was in a quote unquote Chelsea flop and then went to Roma, would he be the Salah at Liverpool at this moment in time? I don't know. These are all woulda, shoulda, couldas, and all of these sort of things. So big up Jamie Vardy. As I said, Jamie Vardy and them man ran riot. You all saw Madison, you know. Obviously, you go back a few weeks, man was saying Arsenal made the right decision not signing Madison for 70 million and going for Odegaard. Odegaard's form's obviously been a bit shaky and he's put that one in the, in, in the mud, really. Um, and I mean, you know, you saw Madison. Madison got a goal, he got two assists and Madison seems to be turning his form around. I mean, I would have loved to have had James Madison at Arsenal Football Club. It wasn't meant to be. Um, I hope that's something we can go in for. Obviously, I would, you know, my football manager team, I've got Madison, I got Smith Rowe, Madison, Awawa, uh, uh, Odegaard. I got bare midfielders, but yeah, man, you know, Leicester ran riot, absolute riot, complete riot. You know, indeed, he was a bit of a nonchalant penalty to give away, but it is what it is. You know, Manchester City defeated West Ham two goals to one. Fernandinho struck in the 90th minute to obviously. Um, make give him a 2-0 lead. Obviously, before that, in first half, Gundogan gave them the lead. What a goal it was from, from Lanzini in added on time. 2-1, not the most, not the, the um, 
worst result where where West Ham are concerned. As I said, it was one one where Manchester United and Chelsea are concerned. And again, you know, if you're Chelsea, I mean, if you're Manchester City, considering you know all Liverpool, you're happy that Chelsea have dropped points, especially Liverpool, because prior to this week, in fact, prior to last week against Liverpool against Arsenal, he dropped a, a couple of points. You know, big up Ivan Tony for scoring and looking after my FPL team, but Everton look rubbish, man. I'm not gonna lie. You know, there's nothing going on in midfield. They don't look like a functional unit. You know, I don't really understand, you know, the use of it will be, especially when you're chasing the game and looking for goals. It's scary, ter it's scary territory where they're concerned, people. And again, if I, you know, I'm sure you all follow that Football For All account on Twitter. Um, not that they, they were the only ones with it, but I saw a statistic and I mean, Rafa Benitez, I mean, surely he's next in the sack race, people. Where is it? it there was a statistic about what they've taken from the game. You know, following Brentford's win against Everton, it means Everton um, have only gained two points from a potential 21 in the last seven games. Now, that's hardly the form that's going to get you into Europe. Surely Rafa Benitez is on. Surely Rafa Benitez is on thin ice, people. Surely, sorry, I'm just making sure we make them times time stamps. With Ian Wright. Madison, like surely Rafa, he took, he made a big step going there. You know, it don't look like he's working out now. This this could pass, and they could come to form. Obviously, you go back to the start of the year. Everyone was saying Everton has arrived. Damari Gray and Andros Townsend signings of the season. It looks like them them hype jobs there have, have died down, and things are normalizing. If I'm completely honest with you, I know they've had injuries and whatnot, but it's crazy, man. McTominay reminds me of Sunderland's Henderson. I hear that, but I think Sunderland's Henderson had a way more, lot more about him, man. Dennis is moving mad at Watford. I give him that. Vardy movie will come out after he retires. Mark my words. I think he he's probably in it already. And, you know, him and his girlfriend have a lot of business interests. So it would make sense capitalising, in my opinion, off that brand, you know, and whatnot. Crazy. Absolutely brazy. And like I said, Everton, it looks mad. It looks like I said, the next sack race probably has to be has to be Rafa Benitez, people. And for Brentford, you know, they've had a bit of a wobble of recent, you know, and again, they've scored. I think after Cristiano Ronaldo, Ivan Tony's probably got the best mentality in the Premier League. I really like how he backs himself. Again, I like how he takes penalties. I can't lie. If I was a Brentford fan and whatnot and watching the game for my FPL team, I... I can't lie, he's got nerves of steel, balls of steel, really and truly. That penalty run-up scares me, and the way he takes it scares me. But I love Ivan Tony's mentality. And for me, I wouldn't say he could be the number one at a club in it through the middle. Cause I don't think currently I'm seeing enough goals. I don't want to praise a man for hold-up play, working hard and stuff. These are things footballers should have. But for me, in an ideal world, I would love Arsenal to sign a certified striker or someone that could be that. And then Ivan Tony comes in for the squad, you know, because I think that would be a good replacement for Lacazette. You know, again, I don't, you can't really rely on Ivan Tony for goals. I know he had, he's shown he could score goals in the lower leagues, but in the Premier League right now, he hasn't displayed that. But I do think he make he he makes players play better. I think he does work as an outlet. You know, he stays up front, but he, he maneuvers left wing. He drops deep. I like how Ivan Tony plays. I think in a squad over a 38 game period, I would love that. But in relation to relying on him for goals, that's a different one. Um, so it is what it is where that's concerned. Obviously, on the Saturday, that was the Sunday games. Um, 
like I said, just to make sure you all got that. Brentford 1, Everton 0, Leicester 4, Watford 2, Manchester City 2, West Ham 1, Chelsea and Manchester United obviously drew 1-1. Apologies, I'm lying to you. In terms of 0-0 is what I'm looking at. You had Norwich drawing with Wolves. And to be fair to you, Dean Smith, four points in their last two games. I thought Nor Norwich were shoehorned to go down and they're definitely going down 100%. And I still feel like it, but they're making a meal of it, making a real meal of things. I can't lie. I have to give credit to, you know, Patrick Vieira versus Gerard. Uh, once again, Aston Villa have come out on top two goals from two. The team worked move for what it led to, I believe, Scott McGinn scoring. It was a fantastic run against play. Buendia played a lovely pass. Conor Gallagher for Palace, mashing in work, but six points for, 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 for Gerard, man. And I like the way, you know, he seems to be playing attacking football and shout out to the fullback target for backing. Um, for bagging as well, and it was a good, it's a good game from them, man. Obviously, Gur he scored at the end to kind of save face and whatnot, but it was a good game from them. Obviously, Leeds and Brighton drew nil nil, and I can't lie, even Bielsa, I don't think he could get, he's gonna get sacked, but it's looking shaky for 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 Leeds. Apologies, and they'll take a point. Obviously, they're being crippled with injuries. I think it looks like Bielsa and Calvin Phillips are having a bit of beef. If you want to sell him, bring him my way. So that's nil nil. Um, obviously, I can't understand why Brighton fans were booing um, Graham Potter. Respectfully, they're allowed to say what they want and have their own opinion. And considering that this, at one point they were top of the league, I, you know, they've set themselves high standards for this season. But I can't understand what they're vexed about. You know, they give, you know, they, they gave Arsenal a game. They gave City a game. They, they, they're doing quite well in the table. You know, they sit eighth. They're playing good football. Graham Potter's done things. There's stability, you know, Brighton, you know, Brighton are punching. They've got, uh, you know, I want to say stability. I'm pretty sure they'll stay in the league, you know. W what are you lot really on about, really and really and really and truly? Obviously, they couldn't quite break down Leeds and Mupe, who hasn't scored since, since September, had a calamitous miss. But I don't know where they're going. And I think it's refreshing. Every now and again, footballers show us, or football play players and management show us a bit of personality. And I like to see it. And and if I go all the way back, obviously you could say it's a bit rude from 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 Graham Potter. Sorry, before I carry on, people, I think it's very funny, you know, against Watford. You know, there was a man down from Watford at Leicester's place. Leicester played on and scored, so that's another team. Are Watford gonna cry about that? I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying it's the game. You know, a whole big song and dance was made of it when it was Arsenal. I saw Leicester do that yesterday. Apologies, but I like to see a bit of personality, and you know, I do think as a football fan or a football player or whatever, you have to take the rough with the smooth, especially if you're in the public eye. But you can, you should be allowed to voice your own opinion, and I feel Graham Potter did that, man. And he's allowed to feel, you know, that these fans potentially could be classed as, I don't want to say ungrateful, but ungrateful. Now, if you lot listen to this clip. Most chances created for you guys as well this season. At the end, the fans didn't sound too pleased. There were a few of you booze. What would you like to say to them? Well, they're entitled to their opinion. I disagree with them completely. And just explain a little bit more why. Well, because you... There you have it, folks. In the game, you have to understand... Uh, just listen. ...who we're playing against, how we played, what we did... And it's true, you're sitting eighth. Maybe he needs a history lesson. If the expectation is to sit at, to go to be top of the league, then tell a man that. And this just screams to me, you know what? Fuck you, man. Pardon my language. The minute Newcastle and them things there, they come for man, I'm out of here, bro. I've done my thing at Swansea, I've done my thing at Ostersons, I'm doing my thing at Brighton. You man are punching attractive football stability, giving teams a tough time, bro. We went to Liverpool and got a point. 
We we should have beaten. We should have probably beaten Arsenal. We got a point. Should have moved to City. City beat us. You gave them a game. There's no shame in that, really. And you know, it's a bit harsh considering if I go to the league table really quickly. You know, as I said, they sit eighth. They're level on points with United, and you know, if Arsenal do them a favour on Thursday and whoever Brighton got, they win. They go ahead of them, and maybe even Spurs. Obviously, Spurs now have a game in hand of everyone. Spurs are sandwiched in seventh, and um, you know they've got a game in hand on everyone. Them and Burnley, obviously, the game was postponed. So I do think the Brighton man them are being a bit, unfortunately harsh on Graham Potter, despite the fact they're allowed their opinion for for Leeds again. It's a point. There's no, there's no shame in that. But it looks like it's going down the toilet a bit for for Leeds. It looks like they're really struggling. There's been a bit of big injuries, and they have a small squad, and they're quite struggling in that regards. And you know, this is why you need, you know, it's difficult to find balance. But this is why you need depth, really. And to be fair, sometimes when when Bielsa's bringing on Roberts to chase the game, it looks like it's a, it's all been a bit spent and found out. Liverpool smacked up Southampton. You know, Jota got a brace. Thiago scores again. Van Dijk bagged against his former club. You know, Andrew Robertson up and down, down and up. Complete performance. You know, Trent Alexander-Arnold, he ain't going to let Robertson assist if he hasn't assisted. And, you know, Salah assisted, but that's not good enough for me because of my FPL team. You know, there's four Liverpool goals at home and you never got involved, Salah. Added to that, I triple captained him this week. But it is what it is. Liverpool, you know, the Brighton and West Ham games are blips. They're taking full points and doing what they need to do and I'm going to be doing a watch along for the Everton Liverpool derby but look at the sentiment from two teams both teams you know Rafa that could be what condemns him you know against his former club really um so yeah Jota did what he needed to do again Liverpool listen if you watch Liverpool they're fast starters they played well they dominate the game should have probably had five because in terms of speaking about poor decision making this season um this this week you know Mopé, Aubameyang, Fred, Hudson Odoi Definitely Salah. They won 4 0, but there was a fantastic, similar to the Georgie, the United breakup with Jorginho, but it was about three Liverpool players. Salah, I think, had Mane and Jota. He just needs to square it. He's over here. It's gone off. Now, Salah can get away with it because it's Mo Salah, but bloody hell, that was terrible. I just needed to mention that, people. Um, so it is what it is in that regards, people. An unhappy return for Claudio Ranieri to Leicester as they lost 4-2. Brentford won a goal to nil and put further pressure on Rafa Benitez. Still no luck for Bielsa as he drew nil-nil with Graham Potter's side. And since Graham Potter's actually marked his 100th games for Brighton, I'm sure he hasn't actually got a win, which is unfortunate. Norwich, four points from their last two games, nil-nil with Wolves. Uh, Liverpool, four. Southampton, nil. Aston Villa, two. Crystal Palace won, Arsenal won 2 0 against Newcastle. And I mean, you know, what more can I say about that? You know, good, bad, and the ugly. For me, as I keep saying, it's very much a similar game from the games against Norwich at home and Watford at home. And that is one way traffic were not really troubled, but there were moments it could have went other ways. Watching the game again, and I'll obviously do a tactical review. I can't lie to you lot, they should have had a penalty. Not the one that you lot all think. Odegaard, I believe, is pulling Lascelles. Looking at it, I think I've seen them given. I think we should have had a penalty and Lascelles should have been sent off. He gets nothing, nowhere near M M Martinelli. But we're reaching. I don't think the Tavares one is... For Arsenal, it's the same old, same old. Second half, watching the game again, there was fantastic. There was more of a coordinated press. We was moving the ball quicker with more intent, moving it side to side very, very much quicker. You know, Saka, Smith, Rowe, all of the young ones woke up. Want to see a bit more from the senior ones? I would class Odegaard as a senior player. Partey played well, but I want to see a bit more. Abamian, you know, Abamian's miss is terrible. You've got to drop the man now. He'll probably start against United and make himself a hero, but, you know, we can't carry passengers. When Tierney's full, 
form was looking shaky, you have to drop, man. When Saka's form, and it still is looking shaky, Smith-Rowe at a time, we've entertained it. Aubameyang at times has played well this season and not scored, like against Norwich, I'm sure. Um, played really well against Spurs, but it's concerning. He's not got a goal in the last five games. Obviously, I'm not going to kill a man for the penalty miss, but the penalty missed and stealing a goal off Odegaard for offside. They did, the, you know, it was harder to miss last. It was harder to miss on Saturday. You know, misses like that, you have to make. I start thinking you've got a bet on, really and truly. Like, I love Aubameyang. I'm never going to turn on him. He's our captain. But again, it's not what you're doing in the past. And it is quite concerning because when him and Lacazette aren't bringing much to the table, it unbalances the team. And personally, I feel you've got to take Odegaard and Aubameyang out the team, go with Smith Rowe and Lacazette. But I personally, see him against United going with Smith Rowe off that left Odegaard in the middle and still persisting with a striker two strikers really and truly that's only the one bad thing about the game I'm happy for a clean sheet I'm happy that Martinelli's come off the bench and scored hopefully he gets some more minutes you know no clue where Pepe is but it is what it is and as an Arsenal fan I'm happy that there's pressure for places now it's been too easy to pick teams you know Pe Pepe's out the team you know Tini can't get a look back in because Tavares you know he, he could say the Liverpool game was a blip and he probably deserves one more chance away at Old Trafford. For me, I bring I bring Kieran Tierney back in. But if a man gets another opportunity, I can't say no. I'm not saying Ben White's, Ramsdale still made a good save. So again, you know, I, I'm seeing week in, week out, I'm seeing too many Hollywood saves from Ramsdale. So can we protect our keeper a bit more? Because this is almost like, what's happening now is almost like when Leno first walked in. I'll take three points. I'll take a clean sheet. It gets us back on winning things. It gives us some insurance going into the United game. But we need to keep winning. We've got a difficult run of games, people. You know, United, with, uh, a bit of a, a bit of a resurgence. Um, you know, you've got West Ham to come. You've got Sunderland in the cup. You've got, what's it? Who else we got? Everton away, form or not, we lost there last season. We have to respect them in that regards. There's some tough games and whatnot. For Arsenal, we need to play well for 90 minutes because this is how we've been playing. It's obviously highlighted a bit more against Liverpool because we got smacked up. But, you know, I don't think we was out of there. We, was, we controlled the first half, but we need to work on break, breaking down teams, especially low blocks. And a part of it for me, I think, is a personnel problem. We need midfielders who can do that. But a part of it, me, thinks it's a coaching problem because you can't really see where the goals are coming from or whatever. I don't think there's enough movement consistently. It happens in little dribs and drabs and patches in the game, but I don't think there's enough emphasis on that. I think our play is a bit too structured. Like I think in the second half, you saw us looking on the left and on the right. Goals, look, it looked like things could happen from both sides sort of thing. On the right, in the first half, too left-hand centric, in my humble opinion. Very left-hand centric, like we are always every game. You know, Tavares is more attacking than Tomiyasu. Aubameyang peels out there. Smith Rowe is our most creative hub. Um, so that's going to happen. I do think as well it does Martin, Martin Odegaard a bit of a disservice because he peels out to that right-hand side. And, you know, not too many times is Tomiyasu by nature going to overlap. And, you know, Saka's game is more so coming inside because he's not going to get that overlap in the space that creates. So we won, but it's the same old questions of, you know, killing games off, pressing in a coordinated fashion, starting a bit stronger. And I think one thing I really liked is normally Arteta sometimes doesn't talk about these things, but he was very honest post-game, really. You know, we, we did not play bad, but do you get it? Like, there was moments where we could have done a lot better. So it is what it is in that regards. Let me make a timestamp and say Arsenal. Score more goals. Pull it, that. Pull it, that. 
I see our, I see Arteta's comments saying we were too slow. Why do you think the players didn't start fast against a winless Newcastle? It's a mentality thing. I wouldn't even... When I say start slow, it don't mean man didn't look like they were at it. It's like, you know, I think Lukonga played well, Tavares played well, but it's like we got to smell blood. Like, we have to go into a game like, yo, them man are fighting relegation. We lost to Newcastle. We lost to Liverpool. We've got United. It's early doors. Let's go out there and blitz them. And we came out, was knocking the ball around, was playing good football, but we never smell blood. And... It's a mentality thing, you know. We're nowhere near, nowhere, nowhere near the, the, the cities, the Liverpools, the Chelsea's. But, uh, well, Chelsea isn't the best example based on yesterday. But it's focusing on Liverpool and City. Them and their smell blood. Look how early Jota scored. Now, obviously, it's a golfing class thing. But look how early Jota scored. Suddenly, the opponents away at, at Southampton, I mean, away at Liverpool, your game plan's out the window now, you know, because you conceded early on. And they didn't just rely on that. They scored again and again and again. You know, you look at Chelsea this season. You need, I mean, this, this last game. You need to be ruthless. Going into the game, no one would have given United a chance of winning the game, much less actually drawing it. At one point, they were winning it and they walked away with a draw. Why? Because Chelsea didn't capitalise on what, you know, United had to defend. They sat back they, for large periods of that first half. Second half was more even, in my opinion, and as the game got a bit open and whatnot. But first half, United were, 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 were kind of begging for mercy. Chelsea didn't do nothing with it. And obviously, you open yourself up for, for silly mistakes like you saw. How many times historically has Arsenal done that many years? Where we've more so under Wenger, where we'll dominate teams, you know, where high amounts of possession. But someone has a brain fart like Jorginho had yesterday for Chelsea. United went on and scored. The game is now flipped. Now you're chasing that mistake. Now, Chelsea always looked like they were going to score. But do you get it? You were here doing the ifs and buts and things. And we need to smell blood. Football's and we got a young squad and they're gonna do this and I'm, it's not a criticism but we need to focus on playing well for ninety. You don't get brownie points for starting well in the first ten and it going down the toilet. You don't get brownie points for being like against City. Somewhat I wouldn't say being in the game but fans said we're in the game until these red cards. You know. Liverpool being in the game somewhat until the last five, six minutes of the first half and it went down the toilet against against them in the second half. You don't get that luxury. You need to play well for all of them. And for large periods, we played well. For me, we gave ourselves the safety cushion of going of scoring two goals and it was a fantastic, I would say, 10-minute period where, the, where those two goals came from people. They couldn't... It was frantic and they struggled to, to cope with us. But, you know, we need to do that. We need to do that... Um, more consistently and I, it makes me is it a mentality thing is it a personnel thing because I think we need more creative number eights and stuff because first half Partey and Lokonga got in good positions and Lokonga played some good passes but it weren't much for instance everybody's waffling about Lokonga created six chances I'm not going to get him but what were these six chances there was a lovely ball for Saka where it was at full strength what are the other sixes and this isn't me saying to get a Lokonga this is me bro that's not a creative midfielder we need that you know as much as I feel Aubameyang's poor in that and he you know we're not creating too many chances a game clear-cut opportunities really and truly this is something Arsenal need to do so I'm happy but again these games could have went different ways suddenly if 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 Wilson gets a penalty if the sells one which I think is a penalty watching the game again where Odegaard's pulling him from the corner these things flip it you know so obviously Arsenal are not always going to be there and stuff and we've got a long way to go but in terms of improvement these are areas we need to consider in my humble opinion so it is what it is where that game's concerned people uh Frankie big up yourself you said well Give me a sec, Frankie. My, my mouse has gone walkies. There you have. I didn't know Salah was top of assist chart as well. Damn, bro, the man's having a great season. And he keeps every week he's saying to Liverpool, pay me my damn money, you know. What do you think it is with Leeds? They've just have they just been found out and are now easy to play against? Obviously, to a degree, they've been found out, bro. It's a bit like it's like anyone, you know. 
It's like anyone. Naturally, teams are going to find you out. They know Leeds are high intensity. They, they, they press well. So naturally, people are going to find that out. I think people have kind of worked out what they're about um, and specifically how to crowd out certain players. Obviously, I would say you can't not speak about Leeds' struggles and look at the injuries. You know, probably naive. We're from Bielsa. He does like a small nit, nit, small knit of players. Um but obviously now the injuries are highlighting things, and I don't. I think there's a lack of quality as well. Like Rafinha's carrying the team really and truly, and I do like Jay uh, uh, hard and whatnot. But I'd say there's a bit of quality lacking, and and maybe people have just found out Bielsa. And everyone goes through a patch. Everyone goes through a tough patch, anyways. Everton are just are just that team, basically Spurs of Merseyside. Boy. Will Arteta set up the same way against United? I think so. But I personally think, yeah, in fact, yeah, man. A part of me feels the only change you'll make. In fact, I don't know. Because a part of me feels he should go. Drop Odegaard. Drop Aubameyang as well. But I think he's going to go Smith Row 10, Lokonga Partey. Aubameyang on the left, Lacazette up front, Saka on the right. But I can see a reality for me anyways. I can see him going with... I don't really want Smith Rowe on the left in that game because obviously he comes inside and whatnot. But I kind of want to get at, at Wan-Bissaka. Like, go and get at him, you know. United's defence isn't really the most confident, much like ours, you know. Let's go and get at them, ask them questions. Um, So I want to be a bit more attacking. I don't think in the Premier League, for us anyways, we can sit back, grab a 1-0 and that's it. The best way to get at that United team is to attack. That defence is susceptible to mistakes, the whole team is susceptible to small lapses in concentration. You've got to respect United, you know, fantastic players, you know, new managers coming in, people are starting to play, got, fan, you know, their quality side, really and truly, banter aside, regardless of where their form's been. So you've got to respect them. Ronaldo probably scores, it's a big pitch. The fans are going to be on top of us, but the best way to get United is movement, is stretching that team. That team right now cannot keep clean sheets. Ralph Ranyit will, will improve that, but he ain't going to do that in a week. He ain't going to do that in a couple of days. Neither is Carrick. Go and ask them. They've conceded 21, 22 goals. Go and ask questions. Such is life. Arsenal will let them walk away with a clean sheet. Take some... De Gea is a bad boy in goal, but he's not invincible. And if his defence is moving on a jolting, he'll have to let something in. So I need to see bravery. I want to see us get at their fullbacks. Like us, United struggle with movement off the ball. If the ball's on the left-hand side, the guy on the, on, on the left-hand side, they're right. Their left-back will switch off. That's like us. We're susceptible to that. Both teams should believe they could score in this game. Arsenal, for as much as we've improved defensively and whatnot, we're hardly one of the best defensive sides in the Premier League. As I said earlier, Ramsdale's still nine times out of ten man of the match, or he's made a mad save now. Obviously, Arsenal can't shut teams out for 90 minutes. The Premier League is even, but I'm saying read between the lines. If there's, Are we really a good defensive team if Ramsdale's having to pull off all of these saves? If we're having to, you know, every week there's, oh, it could have been a goal, you know? Against Newcastle, obviously Wilson might have been able to get a penalty. Ramsdale's made a big save against against Watford. Obviously, if if Josh King picks out his Malasai, it could have been different against Norwich. One way traffic, but Cedric and Gabriel towards the end had to make two bad boy blocks. If that goes in, it's different games. Do you know what do you get? What I'm saying, you know. So again. They're going to be those moments. United are not going to sit back and respect us to the level they did against Chelsea. But I think go and have an effort. I'm tired of seeing us go into big games. And I, as I said, you've got to respect Cristiano Ronaldo, Jaden Sancho, all of these guys. Go and have a goal. You know, if you go and score early, that United fan base is going to get nervous. The players are going to get nervous. You know, everyone's played Sunday League. When you're in a bad run of form and you're not performing, it's a woe is meeting when you can see. 
You know, Wambasaka can't catch a break. We've got to make him catch it, not catch a break this game. I need to see overloads on the left and the right. You know, and they've got goal scorers all around the field, man. You know, Jaden, Rashford, Ronaldo, Greenwood, you know, bad for me, Greenwood's United's best player. You know, big up Jaden, shout out Rashford, Ronaldo's Ronaldo, but for me, Greenwood's the waviest in that team and going to be the leader of that team and club and country. You know, I'm probably, even in United fans, I'm the biggest Greenwood fan there is. That man's a bad boy of a footballer, but you get the point, in it? Like, it is what it is. Keep your opinions and whatnot coming. But I just think both teams are going to respect each other. I think, personally, I think Arteta might just go play for a point, personally, which a point isn't the bad things away at Old Trafford. But, can, again, for me, just like against Liverpool, just like against City, just like against Chelsea, it's, it's the performance thing for me. It's, it's the performance. It's how the man play. It's how the man them play, in my opinion. It's how we go out there. You know, it's how they perform, really and truly. So it is what it is. Away from all of that, though, people, and I think there's obviously, well, there's Premier League action this week. Let's actually preview that as well, people. As I said, Man United versus Arsenal. I'm going to be doing previews from now till Thursday, and I've kind of just covered just covered that, people. It's obviously a big game. Arsenal win. We draw parity with a lot of teams. You know, United lose. They, they lose some distance. But in terms of the games to come, tomorrow you've got Newcastle against Norwich. That's a relegation six-pointer. Norwich, who have got four from their last two against Newcastle, who Eddie Howe was quite sour after his defeat to Arsenal. They played well, fundamentally. They're flirting with relegation. They haven't got a win. It's going to take a mad, mad, mad miracle for them to do anything in terms of staying in the league. You've got Leeds against Crystal Palace. Leeds need to also start winning games. Southampton against Leicester. Vestergaard returns to St Mary's. You've got Watford against Chelsea. You'd imagine Chelsea take out all their anger on Watford, but you can never doubt Watford. They beat United. They bopped them. West Ham against Graham Potter's Brighton. That should be a lit game on Wednesday. These are all 730s that I've said so far. Wolves against Burnley. Aston Villa, Steven Gerrard against Manchester City. That's going to be a lit game, in my opinion. You've got the Merseyside derby um, on Wednesday at 815. I'm probably going to do a watch along on YouTube of that, people. Um, Tottenham welcome Brentford at home. I reckon Spurs win that. And then Arsenal have United, people. Um, and then obviously you have to wait to the Saturday fixtures. If I had to do predictions for all of these games, there's a bit of banter for you lot. Newcastle against Norwich. I'm going to say 2-0 Norwich. Leeds against Palace. I'm going to say 1-0 Palace. Southampton against Leicester. 2-0 Leicester. Watford against Chelsea. I'm going to say 3-0 Chelsea. West Ham, pardon me, West Ham against Brighton. I'm going to say Brighton win, you know. I'm going to say 1-0 Brighton win. Uh, Wolves against Burnley. I'm going to say 1-0 Wolves. Manchester City against Villa. I'm going to say my brain is telling me 3-1 City. But Satin's telling me Villa might sneak on 1-0, you know. Merseyside derby, um, Everton welcome Liverpool. I can't look beyond the Liverpool. I think Liverpool for Everton nil, but such is life. We'll probably see a 2-1 close encounter and whatnot. To be fair, that derby fails to deliver really and truly. It's a bit of it's a bit of a hype job, if I'm completely honest with you. But it is well, it is where that's where that's concerned. Good morning, DG. How's your day going? Listen, I'm blessed to have a supporters group with you lot. Um, you know, you lot support the thing on Twitch on, and on YouTube. I'll be on YouTube at 11.30. So everything's a blessing. I've woke up well and safe, you know. I'm a sexy, handsome young man. So I've got nothing to complain about. And I hope everyone else is doing well and safe. T, I appreciate you for asking me. I think Villa will give them a run as well. 
but I'm still going to say 3-1. Not sure if this results, but what's with Arteta and Martinelli? The guy is mad talented, but barely gets an opportunity to show consistency with form throughout the season. Is it the pressing thing? It might be, but maybe I just think Arteta feels he doesn't balance the team to the degree of maybe a Tavares and Smith-Rowe or a Tierney and Saka on that left at a point or Smith-Rowe and Tierney or any of the variations excluding Martinelli you've seen. I think that's what he's, he's seeing. Obviously, he needs to improve his form. You're right, Villa do have that managerial bounce from obviously Gerard in and that could be a close encounter. To be fair, West Ham versus City was closer than people give it credit for, if I'm honest with you. But City, Chelsea, Liverpool, until it happens nine times out of ten, I just think they're going to win people. And apparently, for, for what is confirmed, apparently Fabrizio Romano is saying Manchester United have official contracts and paperwork now ready to announce Ralph Ranić appointment as interim coach deal until June. He'll have two years in a consultancy role. He'll have an influence on new manager decision and contracts expiring in the summer. So, yeah, he's got an opinion on Paul Pogba in it. So it, 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 it is what it is. Which is a Mazza. Um... And obviously, it's been a year since Papa Buba Diop died. So RIP him, man. That's a shame, man. I hate seeing people die before their time, man. It's it's it's, it's ridiculous. Um, I can't see anything on Ralph Ranić on Manchester United's official channel, people. So obviously, by the time the stream is done, official confirmation would be done. You know, Eric Bailly spoke about it yesterday. It's been one of the worst kept secrets. So it is what it is. Interestingly, Ronaldo, sorry, Manchester United haven't won any of the last three games, any of the three games Ronaldo hasn't started this season. Ronaldo has scored in their three league wins since rejoining them. Two of them have been the winners and his goals are responsible for all 10 points they've gained in the Champions League. It's a bit funny saying Ronaldo's a problem. I understand, you know, maybe Ronaldo does unbalance the team. Maybe it doesn't allow on other people to shine, but I'm pardon my language. I think it's bullshit. Ronaldo was brought to score goals. You know, he presses a lot more than people give him credit for and he doesn't walk around. But it's, it's, if, if Ronaldo isn't working out, it's more a case of United. You bought someone, you don't know what they're about and how to use them. You know, there's you, when you buy players of that standard, I know it's not Ronaldo of 20 years ago or whatever, um, 10 years ago, whatever, but your team has to be a functioning unit. It's like PSG. Why do you think that front three is a bit irrelevant? Because it's not a functioning midfield and defence that's levels. You know, you need that. Ronaldo's done what he's been doing for however many years, scoring goals and, you know, I don't, I don't like to be the guy, but you take away his goals, where are United? And you take away, again, United fans will be able to tell you better than me, but how many of them have been in dramatic circumstances? Yeah, Jadon Sancho obviously scored against, against Villarreal, but Ronaldo set it in that as well. So it's a bit of a beaky one. I don't think he's the problem. I think the problem is off the field, not knowing what United looks like. The problem is the, the, the recruitment. The problem is the lack of a system, you know. There's a lot of problems at United way before Ronaldo. There might be a reality where Ronaldo is the problem or there might be a, a time when he is. But anyone who is thinking Ronaldo, get not playing Ronaldo or, or, or sh shifting importance from Ronaldo means United are going to improve, then they're bugging out. You know, Ralph Ranić will probably get them a functional system and unit that can survive without Ronaldo. But it's mad, man. It's brazy. It's absolutely brazy. So... Yeah, man. On that note, though, there actually isn't that much more to say from me, to say, to say from me, people. So, yeah, let me close off that timestamp. To be fair, I hear you, but that's this is what I mean. You have to take Ronaldo at face value. You knew what he is about. But I personally think just as a neutral... When I'm watching it, Ronaldo's doing a lot better than people giving credit. He's actually defending a lot. He's pressing a lot. 
people can say what they want about his attitude. He seems to be geeing up everyone. He seems to treat the other star players with the same energy as, as pardon my language, the nobodies at United. I, you know, again, I think there's a bag of problems other than that. He's telling man to join him with the press. I think behind him is the problem. There's an imbalance. You've got Fred and McTominay, you know. If you do have a fit Pogba and Bruno, how, you know, they still, how do you fit them all in, you know, in a conventional way? I don't know, man. I just think it's a bit outstated, man. Did you see when Martinelli scored, there was no emotion from Arteta? Or am I just reading too much into it? I think I saw emotion from Arteta, but fair play if you didn't think that's finding something where there's not. But we might be. There might be something there, man. There might be still. But I just feel, again, everyone's entitled to their opinion, but I just feel there's a bag of problems at United deeper than Mr. Cristiano Ronaldo. Should they have bought him? Probably not as much as you can say that about him, but... They're on a joke thing, isn't it? Like, if they're on a joke thing, what could you expect, really and truly? Like, and again, people, I will be live at 11.30. Again, I just need to make a timestamp. That man's a timestamp thumbnail and all of those sort of things there. But we will be live at 11.30 on YouTube, people. I saw him trying to link up with the players as well. I don't get it. Exactly. Obviously, his legs aren't going to be the same. And there's certain things he can't... He ain't got a spring in his step to maybe the Rashford and the Greenwood and the spring chickens have, but... You know, if you sort out that midfield, if you cut out those stupid defensive mistakes United make week in, week out, then there's better. And I mean, United have conceded 21, 22 goals this season. Like, that's a deeper problem. You know, if you're, caught, if you're scoring goals, but you can't keep clean sheets, the ratio isn't going to be good. And, you know, even before Ronaldo came, you know, Bruno was very vocal. United have been the kings of conceding cheap goals or goals from cheap mistakes. You know, how many times have they started a game? Even when, even when they came back against Newcastle, you know, that's United's... Game, that's how United are playing nine times out of ten, week in, week out. So, for me, there's a billion problems deeper than Cristiano Ronaldo. Saying that, I hope Cristiano Ronaldo is the problem going into Thursday and they don't play him in things. But I wouldn't say it's the problem, bro. The midfield can't control. The midfield is mediocre. The defence is riddled with mistakes. You know, it doesn't look like there's an emphasis on when the guy in possession has the ball, what they're trying to do. There's a bunch of individuals and not a system. And then you've got, Chris, you know, and then you, you probably do have an imbalance with the front three. Um, Ronaldo scores goals, but I don't really see a functional unit. And I feel they've got ingredients. If Ralph Ranyet gets the pressing football, bro, man, have scary players, you know. Ronaldo can do the pressing thing. Obviously, you get it with reason. Greenwood, scary. And for me, Ralph Ranyet, madman for him. And Greenwood's had, you know, Greenwood's had a lot, realistically. Ole Gola Social working with him in terms of being a striker. You've got that, you know, you've, you, you've been around quality players and now you've got Ralph, so... I feel if, if if they learn how to press together as a front three or whatever, if they certify their midfield, they cut out them individual mistakes, there's better game management. You might sit there and say, yo, Ronaldo's the issue and stuff, but I think there's deeper problems in it. Like, there might come a time where Ronaldo is the issue, but there's deeper problems in it. And quite frankly... Everyone's entitled to their opinion, but I just think it's incredibly cheeky. Bailly had a fantastic game yesterday. The only problem with Bailly is he's just prone to mad moments. But yeah, man, he was good. And, you know, Bailly can count himself a bit unlucky. And to be fair, I'd like to see Bailly get some more opportunities. With Bailly, it's an injury thing. Like he's, I didn't agree with some of United fans' shouts where they're saying he's better than Van Dijk. I remember all of that. But he's probably their best pound-for-pound -pound defender, obviously. 
Maguire might look like it because he talks the talk, he's the captain, he could probably answer the interviews the best. And like I said, Bai has an element of unorthodox nature about him and he does have a calamitous moment in him, but he's a better reader of the game than Maguire. He's more focused than Maguire. And I'd say Bai is a bit more humble. He knows what he can and can't do, really. And he sticks to his task a bit more. You know, I don't really, not really, if I was a United fan, I wouldn't be convinced in any of their defensive options apart from Varane. And even Varane, you've seen it, you know, he can't change it alone. For a defensive unit to, to, to um, to, to, to shine, you need that whole, you need that whole sort of thing, but it wasn't to be, it hasn't been to be really and truly, so it is what it is, it is what it is, I honestly don't think Ronaldo can do the press and has the legs, I don't think he's got, you know, he's not got the legs to do it for 90, but I think, to be fair with you, I don't know what you're watching then, because he did it against Chelsea, he did it, him and Cavani did it expertly against Spurs, he does it every time he plays, you know, obviously, a 30-odd-year-old is going to have to pick and choose his times to do the aimless pressing. Then someone like Rashford and Greenwood, for instance, who have legs for days. But, you know, pressing for the sake of pressing is dead. You know, United have seen that. Bruno and Arsenal have seen that with Alexis Sanchez. You know, sometimes it was amazing, but sometimes it's actually harming the team. It's a bit like Bruno. When Bruno is going on that one-man crusade, just running about, sometimes you're wasting your energy. And you're obviously harming the team. And maybe it's a cultural thing here in England, but I think running around for the sake of it is ingrained in this country, you know. Even yesterday, I don't even think there was a man of the match performance from anyone out, out of Chelsea and, and United, really. I definitely wouldn't have given it to, to, uh, to McTominay, you know. This country's got an unhealthy obsession with passion. You see man arguing with Rudiger and, and whatnot and then giving him man of the match. People like to... Working hard for the sake of working hard is dead, you know. If we have a test and I read a whole textbook, that's not working hard. That's working hard. But if I if I if we have a test and it's about a specific target, a specific topic, to, um, topic, I might just read books about that. Now, who's more likely to do better? Now, the guy who read the whole book might do a mazza, but that's working smart. I'm not saying either one's better than the other. I know where I would want to go, man. You just have to you with your with Ronaldo. It's just once they get into trigger, it's a trigger zone thing. Once they get into certain areas, then you press. You're not gonna see Ronaldo just harass the centre halves and all of these things. For instance, you probably let the young boys do that. Sancho, Greenwood, Rashford, you man got the legs for that, man. It's mad. Oba's working hard, but that's dead, bro. Like working hard is just dead, bro. I don't. I don't advocate working hard and I think it's a safety net. You know, I, I love Lacazette, but people overcompensate with that working hard thing. Like, they only say, man, work hard when there's not too much about it elsewhere, man. It's mad. You know, for me, it's just the manner in which Abamian is missing. And the, it's not, I don't like to read into reactions, but it's not that he doesn't care because he does, but it's like, he just looks like a man broken. Like, you know when someone's broken? Like, yeah, that's it. Like, me and football manager, bro. Like, man's just let we're losing. Man's not even moved anymore. Just like, all right. See you lot again next week sort of thing. Like, it's brazy. Very, very brazy. Very brazy. But the thing is, until... And this is why it's probably a benefit of Ralph Ranjit, because United can stop signing players, slash the players they've signed, looking like square pegs and round holes. You need to, you know, too often than not, United will sign a man, there's bare euphoria, we'll talk about how good the player is, and then you don't see much because of the system. It's a bit like Arsenal. You're not going to really see these attacking players, regardless of their form excel, until there's a real... Until a number eight comes in, or until there's an emphasis playing ball. Really, it's like Jao Felix, you know. I'm sure he's improved all round at, at, at Atletico. 
but you're not in a team that that you're an attacking player. You're not playing for an attacking team. How much are you really gonna gonna thrive to your true potential? You might bad it up, but are you gonna thrive to the level you could? I don't know. That's too complex for me. I'm just a humble person with you lot with an opinion. But on that note, though, people, I'm going to end this live stream now because we're pressed for time. I need to go and set up for 11.30 on YouTube. Um, it's been a pleasure, as it always is, with the Twitch gang. I'll be back again tomorrow at 10 a.m. Hopefully there's stuff to speak about. Obviously, we've spoken about football's wider topics. We've previewed and reviewed the Premier League game and we've gone a bit left and right with you lot's questions. But I love it, man. You know, you lot make this for what it is, people, really and truly. You know, interesting comments. Working hard, but ain't scoring regularly. Man's got the capability of scoring 30-plus goals, as he's shown trust. United also need to stop promoting Ish to their, from their first team, to their first team from the academy. I hear that. And to be honest, on United's academy, shout out, um, shout out them. They're actually doing this in in interesting thing where it's not loans, but I can only describe it as what I read as work experience. Like, they ain't sent no one Swindon, but a, man, a, a young player might just go to Swindon for a week and see what it's about and then come back to United. I think that's a good innovative approach and something Arsenal could look to do as well if we if we don't want to, you know, commit to long-term stuff and, and whatnot. But on a serious note, it's been a pleasure being here. I'll be back again tomorrow. I'll be back on Twitch to play Football Manager at some point. Check out, hit the follow and subscribe buttons. Make sure you're checking out the schedules. Do the same thing on YouTube. Peace. I'm out. <laughs> The joys is that I can recognize the fingers are being given, like...